Yo, 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 welcome back, guys, and what a day it is to come back and be live for our first show of 2023. Look here. When we went on vacation a few weeks ago, in fact, we left on the 16th of December, we had Bitcoin at $16,816 and nothing happened for the whole time we were on vacation until we got back this week today and we've now got our first pump in Bitcoin. And the truth is that the pump in Bitcoin is actually nothing. It's not, not what we're looking at here. We're looking at all those tokens that were coiled up. And then when Bitcoin made a small less than 1% move, what you can see is that there are some other tokens here that have gone up. Gala Games, 139%. Zilliqa, 56%. Lido, 62%. Solana was up 50%, now up 47%. So what I think we need to do today is we need to look at these coiled up tokens because I think if we look at the coiled up tokens, we'll start seeing a whole lot of narratives for 2023. And then what's going to happen is as soon as Bitcoin moves and moves a little bit, like 1% or 2%, these things are going to explode. And if we can catch those, then we may have an amazing, amazing, amazing 2023. And I do think it's going to be an amazing 23. I'm going to show you why. I'm also going to show you one, two, three, four indicators that actually show that this rally is going to last. So let's do this. I know you haven't heard this song for a long time. It's time to do it again, guys. We're back. It's 2023. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Get up, get up, I got the guy going through. Gotta wake up, gotta wake up, bitch, get up. Get up, get up, get up. Listen, I know it's music to your ears. I know it's music to yours. As Yuri says, it's music to my ears too. We haven't been here for a long time, but now we're back. Get out of bed, bitches. The song's back. We're back. We're back to 2023, which I think is going to be an amazing year in crypto. I must be honest. I think 2022 was a mess. It was the unleveraging or the deleveraging of crypto. And I think that, you know, if you're still here, you made it. You survived what was no doubt the hardest year that crypto has ever seen. Uh, the biggest deleveraging that, that these markets have ever seen and a huge deleveraging by international financial market standards. So if you survived last year and you're still here and you're still positive and you're still trading, you're the real deal. You're here. You're part of the banter fam. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at what to expect in 2023 after a long three-week vacation. And I must say, this time I really had a vacation. You know that. You didn't see me much. I didn't do any emergency streams the whole time. It's the first vacation that I've had where I didn't do any emergency streams. I did try not to trade. I did my best. I really did my best not to trade. But there were two trades that I had to put through. And I think I told you about them. The first trade that I put through was I bought some Uniswap at about 5.30 or 5.40. I also bought some Solana. I must be honest, I didn't catch this $8 bottom because I didn't know where the bottom was going to be, obviously. 
But uh, where I did catch it was at about $10. And I started buying it at about $10. And then at about, I think 11, here it was. At 11.85, I said to you guys, I'm buying more Solana. That was the 3rd of January. Um, again, one of those trades that I put through, 11.85, bought myself some Solana. Of course, today it looks like it's a great trade, which has actually paid off Solana at 16.34. Question is, where does this thing go next? Is this just a small fake pump or is this the beginning of the new rising of Solana? That's another thing that we're going to be talking about today. I'm also going to be showing you a whole lot of signals as to why this rally may last. And I think uh, this rally is one of those rallies that may last. And we're going to look at a whole lot of narratives that I think are going to be coiled up. Because as I, as I said to you guys, what, it's, what seems to be happening is you get a small move in Bitcoin. You get this like, I mean, that's not a move, guys. Like, let, when we talk about moves, a less than 1% or even, you know, let's even say from 16,800 where, where it was just a few days ago or yesterday, day before, to where we are today uh, is a 3% move. That's not a move. That's a move for ants. That's not a real move. The real move is, it's true, it's a move for ants. The move is what happens to all the narratives that are coiled. And that's what you can see. You can see that there have been a whole lot of narratives that are coiled. And even if you just look at this pump for the last week, what are the narratives that are coiled? Liquid staking derivatives. Look at Lido, up 63.6%. You've got gaming and metaverse. Look at ApeCoin, up 21.5%. Gala Games, up 138%. That's telling you that there's a narrative. And the narrative here is gaming. And if you were positioned with conviction around gaming, then you would have made money. And that's what it's about. Um, another narrative here, uh, ETH Layer 2s. Look at Immutable X. Another narrative, which is also happening here. Immutable X, and look at Optimism over here. Then you've got another narrative here, which is the, the AI narrative. We've got to have a discussion around this AI narrative. Because I think that chat, chatbot, chat GPT, call it whatever you want, I think that has changed the landscape. But I think you've got to be very, 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 very careful if you're going to invest in crypto AI projects because it's going to be like NFTs. You're going to get one or two projects which are actually the real deal. And then the rest of the projects are actually just going to fizzle out and die. Now, what we want to do is we want to make sure that we catch the real deal because those AI tokens, I mean, if we look at, let's just quickly jump to the AI projects. I just want to show you some of them and show you, here we go, like you got... Some of them up 34, 66% in the last seven days. And if you go beyond the last seven days, which we'll do in a couple of minutes, you'll see that a lot of them are up quite a bit. Now, you don't want to be, you don't want to be the asshole buying the, the, the top of these pumps. You don't want to be, you don't want to be involved in these pumps. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, look, I'm not going to lie to you. There, there, there are some overhangs still left from 2022. But, you know, as I said, 2022 was like the big clean out year. And it's like we cleaned out the, the 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 closet of all the, the skeletons in crypto. I'm not saying there's no more, but I'm saying what's left. Okay, so we've got this DCG overhang, which is which is left. Um, but if you narrow down this 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 whole DCG thing, it's coming down to about a billion or maybe a two billion dollar shortfall. That's all it is. We're talking about a billion or a two billion dollar shortfall, and I'll show you why it's not that bad. We also have FTX. Um, I'm glad that FTX is now out the way. Um, enough. We spoke about it enough last year. Um, I don't want to talk about it anymore, but I'm glad that the overhang's gone. And I think I've got some really good news for people who were involved in FTX. It might not be as bad as we think. Yes, there's 8 billion that is, that is missing, gone, et cetera. But 
let me show you a few things that it's, it might not be as bad as, as, as we think it is. So I think that's what we're going to do today. I think we're going to position ourselves for 2023. And what we're going to position, how we're going to position ourselves is we're going to find the narratives that are coiled up and ready to explode. We're going to learn how to, to, to identify those narratives that are coiled up and ready to explode. And then look at the ones that have exploded. And then basically we're going to be buying those narratives or positioning ourselves in those narratives. And then, you know what? The markets can go up and the markets can go down. Who cares? Let the markets go up, let the markets go down. What we do know is that the markets will recover. And when the markets recover, these narratives are going to explode. We saw that. We've seen that just in the last, I don't know, three days, four days, where as soon as we get, we had bad job numbers on Friday. And as soon as we got the bad, well, we, we, I don't know, we call it good job numbers, bad job numbers. I don't, I don't know how to, to say it, but we, we had worse than expected job numbers. The market liked that. And then so what happens is the dollar index got uh, obliterated. Look at the dollar index. The dollar index went from, I think, 105 on, on Tuesday. Or one, so 10, let's just quickly, look at, let's quickly go, go to the daily and just quickly look at, it was at 105 on Thursday. And now the dollar index is at 103, which means that the dollar is getting weak and all the assets are going to start moving. So we know the market's going to start moving. And the idea is just to be well positioned into the right narratives. And the writing's all over the wall with these right narratives in 2023. And then to sit back and just enjoy the ride. That's pretty much what we have to do. Cool. So listen, what do you need to do? I'm going to bring you the highest alpha per minute show on the interwebs. That is the guarantee that I make to you. I made it to you last last year. I'm making it to you guys again. I need you guys to help me. We're back. Smash the like button. Let's get the show on the road. Let's get the subscribers back. Let's tell everyone that we're back. Smash the like. Come on. Go, go, go. How many likes have we got there? Kyle, give us a, a, a like count number. I mean, if we get a whole lot of likes, I'll actually show you the most reliable indicators in 2023 that this actual run may continue. Now, we were at a point, we were at a point where nothing, nothing, nothing was happening on the crypto markets. Nothing was happening in the crypto markets. In fact, as I said to you, when I went on vacation on the 16th of December, which was there, there, okay? Bitcoin was, it closed the day at 16,628. We had the lowest was 16,325. And the highest point before we got back was 17,000. Nothing happened. In fact, so little happened that the historical volatility of Bitcoin actually got to an all-time low. Can you imagine that you're living in an age where the historical volatility of Bitcoin got to an all-time low? Nothing happened in Bitcoin. We get back to work today. Um, Bitcoin has a little bit of a pump. The altcoins start to have a pump. But most importantly, there's the one indicator that has almost guaranteed us that this pump is going to continue. There's one indicator. One indicator that never, ever, ever lets us down. And that's this guy. 7th of Jan, as, as if he knew we were coming back to work. He says, it's not too late to get out of anything created or related to crypto. And if that wasn't actually enough, what does he do? He sends another tweet today saying, good chance again to get out of crypto and scale out of Chinese stocks. I mean, this, he has become the most reliable indicator in the whole world. 
to tell us that the market is actually going up. In fact, yesterday, my wife sent me an article from Jim Cramer saying that he thinks the SEC is basically going to attack the whole of crypto and I should get out of my crypto. And I replied back to her, I said, look, if Jim Cramer says get out of crypto, this is the best time to get in. Woke up this morning, I looked like a genius. For the first time since we got married, I think my wife was asking me for morning sex. No, I'm kidding. I, I did not say that. I <laughs> did not say that. I did not say that. I didn't say that. I did say that. James, delete that. James, delete that. Um, we also do have another indicator, but now no jokes, no jokes. Um, there is a reliable indicator about when bull markets or when bottoms actually come in. And it's a reliable indicator that's actually based on fundamental data. And the fundamental data is the halving. You know, a lot of people talk about the halving um, as, as, um, as the indicator of when bull runs usually start. And in fact, if you look at the historical data of Bitcoin, the halving is actually the most reliable indicator of when bull runs will start. A lot of us try and work our way around it and start and you know like try and look for bull markets where there aren't bull markets. But those people that talk about uh, the halving, they seem to get it right more often than they seem to get it wrong. James, can we get some aircon in here, bro? Thank you. Um, and what we know is that usually 66% of the way into halving, which means basically 34% away time-wise from the halving, that usually, usually, usually marks a bottom or very close to bottom. And you can see that. You can see in this halving over here, where, where we started to hit, where we had bottomed and we started to go upwards. You can see it over here where we hit the bottom. And I think the good news is that we are there or thereabout. I mean, we're very, 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 very close to 66% of the halving progress. So from a fundamental point of view, um, this shows that from a crypto point of view, we may, may, may actually start getting um, some kind of some kind of rally, some kind of of upwards movement. So if you if you're looking at those kind of fundamentals, well, that's another one. That's another that's another one of these of these good things. Um, and again, I keep saying that the idea is to identify the narrative. So when the when the bull market comes, you're ready. When the rallies come, you're ready, and you must hold your conviction. In, in, in those narratives. So we'll talk about those narratives in a second, but I mean, if you did do that, show you just a few, a few people that, that identified narratives pretty well. So look at this Hellpress, Northrock, one of the accounts that I really like, I follow uh, uh, this account very closely. But he said, he said, one of his convictions heading into uh, 2023 was liquid staking derivatives. We'll talk about liquid staking derivatives uh, in a second. But if you would have written that narrative these are the returns you would have had up until yesterday. And actually, you probably would have had bigger returns than, than these returns because we'll show you how the prices went up today. Why? Because you believed in a narrative and you, 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 you managed to, to, to hold your conviction in narrative. So that's what we're going to talk about. All right. So before we get there, let's we could just go through the macro because you know how it is. Macro still drives the markets. Nothing we can do about that. Um, we had the job numbers last week. I mean, let's say this, there were less jobs, so people were earning less money, so apparently that's somehow good news for the markets because that means that the Fed is actually steering us towards the soft landing. Now, I know that the soft landing is not a very popular narrative, and people are saying there's no way Jerome Powell can drive us into the soft landing, but we need to look at a couple of things because this is a very, very, very big week, and I'll show you why it's a very big week. Last week, we had the, the wages numbers, not bad. Um, not bad. That took the dollar index down. 
I mean, even Kyle will tell you that this is not, but now this is printing lower lows. This dollar index, this dollar index is going. Kyle, where is this dollar index actually going to? Uh, I don't have the chart on. Sorry. I can't say it. He says it's going low, but he's going to look at the charts first. Then the other thing um, which we're getting this week. So we're getting Powell speaking tomorrow. I'm not expecting any fireworks from, from Powell speaking tomorrow. I'll tell you where I am expecting fireworks. On Thursday, we have CPI. We have inflation coming out on Thursday. Now, why am I so excited about this inflation number? Here are the inflation numbers for the last couple of months. We peaked at 9.1. We went down to 8.5. We went down, sorry, we peaked at, at, uh, we peaked at 9.1. We went down to 8.5, then 8.3, then 8.2, then 7.7, then 7.1. What you can see here, is that the reductions were very small. There was a 0.2% here, there was a 0.1% here. There was a, a bigger one here, 0.5% here, there was a 0.6% here. And now they're forecasting another 0.6. If we get 6.5% CPI inflation data on Thursday, then we are in an unbelievable position because what it does show is that Powell is managing to get inflation down. And the truth is, as much as, this is not a popular narrative and most people don't want to admit it. He is doing it with quite a soft landing. So it, it is quite a soft landing. If you look at the markets, we're not getting a massive crash. We're not getting a massive crash. It's just, you know, the markets are, have been stable for quite a while. If you look at the, the NASDAQ, uh, in the last three, four rate hikes, the NASDAQ has remained Pretty much range bound between this 12,000 range and this, the, the lows. I'm, I'm not going to look at the, the wick lows. I'm going to look at the actual lows, 10,600. Now, that is quite a cool, soft landing. So it does show that Powell is engineering and actually achieving some kind of, of soft landing. If we get the inflation numbers at 6.5%, remember that that 6.5% compares last year to last year, to, to this year. This year to last year. But if you look at it on an annualized basis, what you'll see is you will see that, I shouldn't get you guys the numbers here, it says if we get 6.5%, that means that the annual inflation rate is about 3%. Because remember, it's, if you look at it on an annualized basis, in other words, how much is it growing year on year, month on month? We're actually at a point now where if inflation carries on as it is, then it's growing at about 3%. And that's not very far away from the Fed's target. And if Powell has managed to do this, keeping the stock markets at between 12,000 and you know, 11,000 or 10,800, that's, guys, that's not a bad landing. Yes, it's been brutal for crypto because of the unleveraging, but at least from a, from a normal market's point of view, um, it's not such a, bad, uh, such a bad landing. So that's... What we're expecting, we're looking for the numbers on Thursday. Remember, there's also earnings, which are going to start. They're starting this week, but this week's earnings are not important. Um, this thing's earning, this year, this week's earnings are not important. Next week's earnings are the ones that start to be important. This week, I mean, the only one I can see that I really care about is Netflix, and I don't actually really care about Netflix very much at all. So, mm, no, nothing happening this week when it comes to earnings. Um, so that's macro. I think we should now maybe pivot and start talking about crypto because that's why we came here. So let's start talking about crypto. And I want to start off 
in crypto with what I think are the two most important charts in crypto. And remember, I said to you guys, I'm going to keep repeating this. I know I sound like a broken record. Everything in crypto is about identifying the correct narrative and writing the correct narrative. And if you write the correct narrative, you put your chips on the board and you wait for that. And if you, if you have conviction, you hold on to that, the conviction because when the market turns, there'll be a massive quill. And I'm going to show you some of the narratives that I think we need to be playing in the next couple of months and also show you some of the, the, the narratives that aren't so good, that, that haven't been so good. So um, if you like the narratives, let me know. Hit the like button. Give us some love here. We need to get people back here. I see there's only 3,000 people here. Usually there's like 5,000 people. We need to, to let people know um, that we're back. All right, so let's DJ. Let's look at the, for me, what I think are the two most important charts in crypto right now. And I'm going to show them to you in order, the two most important charts right now in crypto. Believe it or not, this chart for me is the most important chart of 2023. I know it's not a very exciting chart, but this chart over here is the ETH BTC chart. It's, it's the ETH price relative to the Bitcoin price. What you can see is that it's broken this trend that we've been in since September. It's broken it to the upside. I think that this trend continues in 2023. And I'm going to show you for a, I'm going to show you a whole lot of reasons why I think ETH completely outperforms Bitcoin in 2023. So if you're not geared that way, if you still have a lot of your money in Bitcoin and not enough money in ETH, I don't think it's too late to to make your move. I think the narrative of inflation dying removes the need for the inflation umbrella. Remember, I once gave you the analogy and I said to you guys, you know, the price of umbrellas goes up when it rains. So like, if you think about inflation as rain and you think about Bitcoin as an umbrella protecting you from inflation, I think that inflation coming down means that the need for this store of value is not as big as the need for, for all these amazing applications which are being built on blockchain. And I think that right now we're seeing two things here. The first thing that I'm seeing is this is the biggest chart for me. Let's let's write this down. I called it, I've called it a, a long time ago, but let's say that today at 0.76825, I'm saying that from this point on, Ethereum outperforms Bitcoin this year. I've got my first confirmation broken through a trend line. I've got my second confirmation here because we've hit the first higher high. I think that this trend over here continues and that takes up a whole lot of altcoins with it. And you can see that right here in the dominance chart. So look at the dominance chart. That's what happened. As soon as Bitcoin, as soon as the markets reacted, as soon as the markets went up a little bit, look what happened. The dominance starts to drop and the ETH BTC chart, the ETH BTC chart over here is uh, explodes. So I think that this narrative continues. Now, one of the reasons why I think that this narrative continues is because of this chart over here. So what is this chart over here? This is the chart of, Optimism and Arbitrum transaction versus Ethereum main chain transactions. Why is it such an important chart? I'll explain to you in a second. What you can see here is that if you take just Optimism and Arbitrum, which are only two of the scaling solutions on Ethereum, two out of lots of scaling solutions of Ethereum, what you can see is that just Optimism and Arbitrum trades are almost bigger than the entire Ethereum trade. Now, when you add to that and you add Matic and you add um, all the other ETH layer twos, what, what you'll realize is 
that what ETH is becoming right now is it's becoming like this main chain. And then you're building all these layer twos, which are going to do all the hard work. So all the hard work is going to be done on Optimism, on Arbitrum, on Immutable X, on Matic, and you name all the side chains, all the, the scaling solutions. And ETH is going to just become this, this godlike mother chain, which, which is like this, it's like it's going to be as big as the internet. And the side, the side chains or the, the scaling solutions are going to be where all the hard work is performed. Now, what we can see now is that the transactions and all the side chains are starting to grow. And all of these side chains are doing specialized things like Arbitrum is becoming very much a trading, uh, a trading venue. And if you look at things like, I don't know, look at Immutable X, for example, gaming. So what you're getting is the mother chain, which is ETH. And you're getting these side chains, which are starting to do all the hard work. So that's the first narrative that, that's, that's really driving ETH. The next narrative that's really, really, really driving ETH and is about to explode even further, it has exploded already, but it's going to explode even further, is the narrative of liquid staking or staking on Ethereum. So we all know what staking is. Staking is the most important part of crypto, I think, because staking is securing the network, right? Like when you stake, you are validating the transactions on the network and therefore you're you're securing the network. The more tokens that are staked, the more secure the network becomes. So staking is really the core of crypto or specifically proof of stake crypto. And most of the chains today, except for Bitcoin, are on proof of stake. So like you look at uh, Ethereum, Cardano, BNB, this is the staking ratios. Now what you can see here is that like on Cardano, 71.9% of all Cardano are actually staked. 97.2 of all BNB are staked. 71% of all Solana are staked. The one place where not a lot of the tokens are staked is Ethereum. Only 13.79% of Ethereum are staked. Why? Well, the reason why is because up until now, if you staked your Ethereum, you could not unstake it. So it's not like Cardano, Solana, Avalanche, which, you know, some of them have a lockup period, but, you know, in general... You can stake and unstake your tokens as you wish, okay? With Ethereum, it's not like that. With Ethereum, up until now, once you stake your Ethereum, they are locked. You cannot stake them. Some sites or some, some protocols give you what they call a derivative or a liquid staking derivative. Like if you go to Lido and you stake your Ethereum, you get STEs as a, as a, it's like a token that says, hey, I've got one Ethereum staked. But up until now, you haven't been able to withdraw that. But that's all changing. Because the next upgrade to Ethereum is what they call the Shanghai upgrade. And there's a testnet, a Shanghai beta testnet, which is going up in February. And then after that, we are we going to get the Shanghai upgrade. And that's going to happen sometime in March or April. And as soon as that was announced, as soon as that was announced, you can see the number of active addresses in Ethereum started to spike because people said, hold on a second. If I can draw and if I can withdraw and and Stake and withdraw whenever I wish. Hold on, that that changes the game a bit. Someone says, yeah, it's Hotel California. It's exactly that. It's you can you can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. You you stake, then that's what it is. Okay. Someone says your yeah, staking is gambling. That's not true. Staking is the most important part of crypto. It is the process of validating transactions. Without the stakers, you could not validate any transactions. So you got the Shanghai upgrade coming up. Now there's like almost like a a date for the Shanghai upgrade. 
And so what that's done is it's said, hold on a second. There's a whole lot of like these, these protocols which allow you to stake and they starting to make some ser- they started to make some serious gains. I actually want to show you some of the protocols and some of the gains. So here's some of the protocols and some of the gains. Now these gains are up until y- yesterday. So Lido up in, in the last uh, week, 69.15%. Um, uh, Rocket Pool, uh, 16%. In fact, let's go to, to Crypto Bubbles and you can probably see these guys uh, somewhere over here. That's the daily. Let's quickly go to the weekly. So Lido up 62.1%. Let's see if we can find all the other ones, Rocket Pool or whatever else. Uh, FXS up, up 28.6%. All these staking protocols are now starting to explode. And so now what we're going to see, the, one of the big narratives that's going to happen now is we're going to start seeing this narrative of Ethereum staking. And what I suspect is going to happen is that a whole lot more Ethereum are going to be staked because it doesn't make sense that when you look at all the other protocols, when you look at Cardano, 71.91, BNB, 97.2, Solana, 71.49, Avalon, 62%, Matic, 40%, Polkadot, 44%, Ethereum, only 13.79% are staked. So be careful. So, 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 so make sure you focus on the staking narrative because this staking narrative has exploded, is going to continue to explode, is going to be one of the biggest opportunities. Just put yourself in the, in the chair of a fund manager. Put yourself in the chair of, a, of a, an institution that says, hold on a second, I can't really invest in many assets because they're illiquid, because they're not ESG friendly. But you know, like, I can invest in Bitcoin, great asset, not ESG friendly. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, lots of controversy. Also, the network doesn't have many use cases. Then you get a, a second asset, Ethereum, and you can stake Ethereum, and it is a green asset, and it does start to earn you yield. And even though the yield's not very high now because there's not much usage in the network, very soon the yield will be very, very, very high. So we need to focus on the staking narrative. That's one of the the coils that has exploded and has continued to explode and will continue to explode. So that's one of the, one of the things to focus on. Other thing to focus on um, is, for me, Solana. And I, I said it before. I didn't do. I didn't put many trades through. I put two trades through this whole vacation. And the reason why I put two trades through is because it's just. I know that when something dies, but when it when it dies but doesn't really die, that's the time to go and buy it. And what I saw in the in, in, in the holiday, in fact, let's we can just look at exactly what date that was. On the 29th of December, Solana died. It went under eight dollars. It was panic. To be honest, even I was at one point really, really, really panicking. I was panicking. So I phoned all the people that that I know, and I phoned people at Solana, I phoned Vinny Lingham, I phoned uh, James from Invest Answers, I was like, guys, are you watching this? Have I missed anything? It's like, no. The only thing that was happening was that Alameda's wallets were starting, that, the night before, Alameda's wallets were starting to move tokens around. I don't know if you remember that. James, are we going to get some aircon in here? Oh, okay, there's no power in here. Okay, great, amazing. Even with the new aircon, because the new aircon is supposed to work without. No. Can you come here and fan me? Can you come, come with, a, with a, a... With a shirt, come and fan me with your shirt. Um, so you've got, you've got Solana, which died and many people buried it and thought it was going to go away. And if you're one of the people with conviction, in fact, you would have made over a hundred percent return 
if you had just had the, the guts to buy it. Now, look, full disclosure, I didn't have the guts to buy it there. But when it started to recover and I got back to $10, I bought some. And the majority of what I bought was actually at like eleven eighty-five, And that's when I tweeted it and I said, okay, I'm buying Solana. And the reason why I said I'm buying Solana is because I think Vitalik's tweet was the bottom. So like, if you look at December 30th, which is where Vitalik tweeted. So we'll go back to where Vitalik tweeted. Vitalik tweeted somewhere around there. Okay. At about $9 or whatever else. And he said, he said, true. He said, look, he basically said, smart people tell me there's, there's a real developer community in Solana and that um, all the awful opportunistic people and money have been washed out. And now what we're back to is we're back to a bright future and to looking at the fundamentals. And so then what you do is you go back and you actually look at the fundamentals and you say, okay, cool. Let's quickly look at the fundamentals of Solana. Let's look at the active addresses. Let's look at, at a whole lot. Now, the one fundamental that worried me was the total value locked. But the truth is total value locked is not a good metric when you're talking about a, a world where DeFi has imploded, okay? So let's look at all the other stuff. Daily active addresses, Solana ranks in the top one, two, or three, depending on the day. And the other two that rank around it are Polygon and Ethereum. So that's been, and these three are in a league of their own. Daily transactions, there's no blockchain in the world that does more transactions in Solana on a day-to-day -day level. TVL, I don't look at because TVL is a great metric when you're talking about uh, about um, uh, uh, DeFi, but this is not a DeFi market. Forget about this DeFi now. It's not a DeFi market. Bitboy was spending 30 minutes saying Solana was dead. That's that's when you buy. That, that's, that, that is your buy signal. That, I mean, you, you don't need a bigger buy signal. A lot of people, a lot of people said that when FTX blows up, Solana died with it. When when Alameda blew, blew up, Solana died with it. I mean, guys, here are the active wallet addresses. Here is where FTX exploded over here. Here is what happened to the addresses. I mean, it happened because of one of the meme, because of the meme coins or a meme coin actually exploding on Solana. You can see that when Bonk came on, you can see the volumes on Bonk were very, very high. But that just reminds you that even one small, one small, one good successful project on a chain can change the whole chain. Like you look at GMX and you look at Arbitrum and you say, you know, when GMX launched on Arbitrum, GMX went much harder. I mean, Arbitrum grew much faster. And so I think Solana, I agree with this. Maybe I'll be wrong. I think it's going to be the play for 2023, 2024. Maybe I'll be wrong, but for now, I'm keeping my conviction in Solana. I added to my position. Um, people are saying it's following the, the ETH fractal. Maybe it's right. Maybe it's wrong. I think it is. Let, let's see, let's see uh, what happens there. That's another narrative which I'm watching. I'm still very bullish on the Solana narrative. Uh, still buying it. I don't think Solana is dead. You're going to hear a lot of people saying that Solana is dead. They were saying the Solana's dead until we got a bit of a pump. And now everybody's FOMOing into Solana. That's it. So, I mean, I'll show you. I said it back then. I'm saying it again now. Um, at $9, nobody wanted Solana. And now at $17, I'm getting people phoning me saying, oh, should, I, should I buy Solana? Should I buy Solana? Should I buy Solana? Well, I don't know. You should have bought it $9. You didn't buy it $9. Now you make your own decisions. To be honest, I wouldn't buy it now. I think we're going to get some kind of pullback. Um, cool. I want to talk about another narrative which is the AI narrative. And I think we should talk about this AI narrative. 
I think we've reached a point now with chatbot where AI is going to change the world. That simple AI is about to change the entire world. We've seen the first application of it, and the first application of it is unbelievable. In fact, I think they're raising money at a valuation of $29 billion, okay, for, for, for chatbot, for open AI. But that does not mean that all of these crypto projects are going to explode in valuations. And I, I want to say this again. This week, we're going to do a, 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 an AI crypto um, an AI crypto show, showing you all the AI tokens that we think you should be buying and not buying in crypto. There are a lot of very, very, very good tokens. Like the graph, very good token uh, for, for um, data indexing, stuff like that. Uh, Ocean Protocol, very good product, very good. Fetch.ai, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Singularity uh, Net, great, but let's talk about it. Got to be careful with this AI narrative because what's going to happen is there's going to be a lot of excitement. I don't know when this excitement is going to die, but at some point it's going to die, just like the NFT hype died and just like all the other hype, all the other hypes die. And then the problem is that if you're not holding the best tokens in the market, you know what happens. I don't know if I tell you, we've seen that movie. So... We're going to look at the AI narrative. We're going to spend a lot of time on, on this AI narrative because I think that it is a massive, massive, massive narrative. Another massive narrative that we're going to explore and one that I told you guys last year that I think is going to bring more people than any other narrative into crypto is gaming. And again, for those who had conviction, when everyone had said that gaming was dead and I kept saying, buy gaming, but don't buy the individual games because that's too risky. Because then it's like a black and red, like you're putting your money on black and red. You don't do that. You put your money onto the studios. You put your money onto the, the platforms that give you multi access to multiple games. Example, Immutable X. Example, Nakamoto Games. Example, um, uh, Gala. Example, Ultra. Example, uh, what's the one that that, uh, that um, Scaramucci invested in? PYR? Um, Vulcan Forged. You don't want to be buying an individual game. You want to be buying studios that take multiple bets on multiple games, okay? And what you can see here is that if you look at gaming, gaming has much, much, much more active wallets than DeFi has ever had, even when DeFi had millions and millions and billions of dollars under, um, under, uh, uh, um, under, uh, under TVL. So... We got it. We, we're gonna be talking a lot about gaming because I think gaming is coming is gonna come back now. I think we had the flash out, and now the cream will rise to the top. And you got to position yourself, but you don't want to be buying Gala Games now because Gala Games, as I said this week, up over 150 percent. You don't want to be buying that. That you've missed that boat. Let's look at the ones that you should be buying. We'll spend some time this week. We'll actually get hustle on the show, and we'll talk about the studios that you should actually be buying. I mean. Nakamoto Games, great bet. Also had a good run, but 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 great bet. Um, there are a couple of others. We'll talk about them. I don't want to do. It. I don't want to talk about it now. Someone said here. Yeah, this he said it was inevitable. It it is inevitable. Gaming is inevitable. Gaming is inevitable. Layer two is inevitable. ETH is inevitable. Solana is risky, but inevitable. Right. And if Solana runs, then you know which other token needs to run as well. The protocol that that stores all the Solana data, which is Arweave. And we saw that. We saw that it went from $6 to now $7.63. I know, you, you, you make your own, your, your, own, your, your own calls there. But those are the narratives. Those are the narratives. Gaming, AI, 
um, uh, a liquid staking, Solana, Ethereum, Ethereum against BTC, the layer twos on Ethereum. Those are the narratives. There was one narrative that we spoke about a lot last year, which is now out of favor. Now, question is, is it out of favor because the narrative's going to die? Is it out of favor because all of a sudden people are going to stop trading on, on, on GMX and GNS? I don't think so. You know why? It's probably down because in December there was no volatility. And because there was no volatility, no one traded. And if no one trades, well, then they don't make fees. And then it's not that exciting. But let's look at GM, so GNS back at $3.22. For me, probably a good bet. Let's quickly look at GMX. I think GMX was at about 40 bucks. Let's quickly look at it here. Um, here we go. 42 bucks. Okay. At 60, people were foaming into it. It's back at 42 bucks. Let's wait a few days until the volatility comes back into the market. When the volatility comes back into the market, these decentralized derivatives protocols all of a sudden start getting traction, start making huge fees, and people start to ape into them. And I'll tell you another one. Whilst we're talking about these derivatives platforms, the next wave in derivatives, because right now when we talk about derivatives, we're talking about perpetuals, perps, futures. But the next wave is actually going to be options. The options market in crypto hasn't exploded yet. It's going to explode, which is why we took on a new sponsor at the end of last year. We're starting with them now in, in, in Jan. The platform is Deribit. And in the next couple of days, weeks, months, we're going to show you guys how you can use options to hedge your crypto portfolio and to make money in a safe way. So um, if you haven't got an account in Deribit, use the referral link below, open an account. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to teach you guys how to use options. And rest assured that like every other financial market in the world, options are going to be huge. They're going to be much bigger than the underlying um, uh, um, uh, market. And we're going to be there first because we're going to teach you guys how to do that first. All right, let's look at a couple of other narratives that you should look at pretty soon. I think this DCG narrative is coming to a head. So, you know, like DCG potentially in liquidation because of Genesis. I'm not going to go through the whole story again. You know about it. A few days ago, Cameron Winklevoss sent that open letter to, um, to uh, Barry Silbert. And I mean, this, this, what this shows is that, remember that Gemini are one of the biggest creditors to Genesis, which is now not able to pay back its obligations because it owes more, because it owes money and DCG owes Genesis money. And if, and in order to pay back the money that Genesis owes to Gemini and a whole lot of others, DCG probably has to liquidate some of its assets or, or do something. Now, I think that this trade is coming to an end now. I think that this trade is now coming to an end now. And what, it, what that means is that a lot of things could happen. Like for one, there are a whole lot of tokens. I want to show them to you. In the Gemini portfolio, sorry, in the Genesis portfolio, let me just find you these tokens. Um, yeah, all these tokens, which got hit really hard. Like if I look at Filecoin, for me, Filecoin right now is a screaming buy. Okay, it didn't catch the bottom. It didn't catch it at 290 or 280 or three bucks. But at 330, it's starting to look like it was one of the tokens that was very, 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 very hard hit because of this DCG thing. The other trade, the other DCG trade, which 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 might be interesting now, is the GBTC trade. So the the 
premium, the discount, the premium is now back at 42.9. And what we're seeing here is that there are a whole lot of groups that are trying to round together a whole lot of shareholders in GBTC to force them to redeem the trust and say, you know what? The Bitcoin in the trust are worth a lot more than the, the value of the shares. Liquidate the trust and give us our Bitcoin instead. And they're getting a lot of traction. So for me, one of the things that I'm looking at here, so I mean, I was, I was following this tweet from redeemgbtc.com uh, saying, the shares are pouring in so fast now, we can't even keep our database of data. I've never seen anything like it. And this is in reference to people who want to redeem their GBTC shares. They want to put pressure to res redeem the GBTC shares. I think the situation ends pretty soon. I think that this is another one of those trades that, um, that might actually be good. I think, I think lastly, before we go today, and I think there's a lot to talk about this week and we'll talk about that. There's, we'll talk about more narratives and that. There could be, could be some good news for FTX mm. creditors. People that, that, that lost money on FTX. There could be some good news there. Tell you what it is. If you put together all the pieces of the puzzle and you say, hold on a second. The purported hole in FTX was five, six, seven, eight billion, right? That was like the number that everyone was reporting was the, the hole in FTX. But over December, we got a whole lot of information that alludes to the fact that most people who think that they're not going to get much back from FTX or might get zero back from FTX actually might get a lot more than that back. So, I mean, if you put all the pieces of the puzzle together here, you can see that the first thing that we had here is we had, yeah, let me just try and find all these things here. So they're recovering donations from charity. The Robinhood shares have been seized, which is about half a billion dollars. That's half a billion dollars, which may probably get back to FTX shareholders. Then US prosecutors are trying to recover uh, customer funds totaling 3 billion, right? They say they have a billion already. The Bahamas... Bohemian, what do you call it? Bohemian Bahamas regulator says that he has three and a half billion. So I don't know if all this information is right, but it sounds like, it sounds like there may be four billion or five billion in assets which they will eventually get back. And that could mean that FTX shareholders, not shareholders, not shareholders, but but creditors, people had money in FTX, um, that they will actually get a lot more than what they thought because I think most of those people kind of wrote off the money that they're going to get from FTX. So there is some good news there. And I think that that's a good way to go into 2023 to say, look, we've seen the bottom. We've seen people wrote off their investment to zero, but it's actually not zero. There, there might actually be something there. And that, that could be a lot more money in, in crypto. Also, I think the Binance fight is gone. You know, I haven't had Binance fight for about 48 hours. So Binance fight is, is now gone. So I think, look, all in all, we're here. We're ready for an amazing <clears throat> 2023. We got our pump on the first day. Um, hopefully this pump continues. We'll definitely be here tomorrow to, to follow the pump and to give you more narratives. We'll build a 2023 portfolio. Um, we're going to start trading again um, this week. We're going to start trading again this week. So if you don't have a Bybit or BitGet account, um, Hold on. This so, sign up. Hey, Becky, yeah, the Fed oh, is supposed up. to be listening. So, if you don't have a get Bybit account. or BitGet Bit account, open a Bybit or BitGet account, and then start looking also at Deribit. So, start looking at at um, Deribit. 
Open an account on Dearabit because in the next couple of days, we're going to be using uh, options. We're going to start looking at, at how to use options to build a, a strategy. I think it's one of the things in 2023, we need to get into a position where we know how to use options. Um, because that's, you know, if you do know how to use options, say again, there's no other option, but to use options. It's Kyle. Kyle. You get to, uh, are you bullish this year? <clears throat> Kyle says he's going to be bullish this year. That's got to be, that's got to be bullish. So listen, Someone's asking, is Cadena in your 2023 portfolio? No, it isn't. It's not in 2023 portfolio, but they will. I'll show you a lot of, uh, oh, someone says, let's talk about the fall of Mr. Wonderful. We're getting Mr. Wonderful back on. We're going to get Mr. Wonderful back on and he can talk about his own fall on the show. I've asked Fred, I asked Fred this morning to get Mr. Wonderful on. It's a true story. Listen, it's been a great first show back. Uh, I've had fun. It's been very hot in here, dying of heat here because we don't have electricity. So, when we don't have electricity, the internet works, the light works, but the, the air conditioner doesn't work. Um, so we haven't had electricity. But it's been, a, it's been a great show. I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Same time, same place. Until then, trade well, my friends. East this year. It's all about East this year. I'm telling you, East. East is going to destroy Bitcoin. Has to be a bull run. All righty, guys. See you tomorrow.